Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to Be Curious. We are in our year-long journey with the Yamas and the Niyamas, the ethical practices associated with the with yoga, and we are looking at the final of the Yamas, and that is Aparigraha, or non-attachment. And in the last episode, in case you missed it, we talked about letting go of the banana, letting go of thoughts, ideas, possessions, emotions, anything that we're holding on to that is actually imprisoning us. So keeping us feeling closed or keeping us feeling resentful or burdened or anxious that we may actually be generating of our own creation. And if you didn't listen to it, go back and do so. But for this final episode on Aparigraha, going back to this notion of non-attachment, and I want to revisit this. We talked about non-attachment at the beginning of the month, but to come at it from a slightly different angle here, and this is the angle which is very powerful in the Buddhist tradition of non-attachment because everything is impermanent. There is no permanence. Everything is always changing and things will come in and then they will go out or they will begin and they will end everything from life, you know, of every kind to every opportunity, things that we adore, things that are difficult, you know, that everything is impermanent. And so the yama of a parigraha invites us to really consider and look at the practice of non-attachment where Deborah Adele makes an important point and a distinction here is that non-attachment is not at all about not caring. If we didn't actually care about something, it would be easy to let it go, right? When we lose a sweatshirt on a camping trip, but it was the one we brought because we didn't really care about anyway, it's easy to not feel attached to it and to let it go and just say, all right, easy casualty of the camping trip. But in fact, attachment or aparigraha and the practice of non-attachment invites us into the practice of letting go around things that we do, in fact, care a great deal about. And why? Like, why is there this invitation to care about something and then not be attached to it or be able to let it go? And it relates a little bit to this whole banana piece, but it's this idea of when do, whether it's experiences or relationships or even people in our lives, when does our attachment to those things or those people actually start to possess us rather than our possessing them um, or in just enjoying them? So here's some of the basic principles of non-attachment. Love it and let it go. Plan, make all your plans, structure things, organize them, and then hold those lightly, ready to let them go. Maybe even get excited about something. Get really jazzed up for it, really looking forward to it, but then being able to create a lot of space for something new or different that might happen other than the thing that you got excited about. 
it's a critically difficult practice. But what we realize in this is life is always changing. The world is always unfolding and always evolving. And as humans, we like to control our space. When something is good, we want to like cling on to it and hang on to it and protect and preserve it because it felt so good. And when we have someone, of course, that we love dearly, we want to hold on to them. When we got an opportunity or experience, we love it and we embrace it. And everything is impermanent. Nothing is going to stay around forever, including us. And so in some ways, this practice of non-attachment is about preparing us for what is inevitable anyway. We're going to let go of the ultimate thing eventually, which is our own life, our own existence here. And what does it do to our soul to be able to love and care deeply and then to hold it lightly and let it change, let it be altered, let it go when it is the time for it to go, when it makes sense for it to go. So it's interesting. I think about this. I've heard some people say like, oh, I don't like to get cut flowers like bouquets of flowers because they're just going to die anyway. And in that statement, there's a little bit of this sense of, well, it feels so badly when they die or I don't like it when they die, so I don't want to have them to begin with. And yet I think to myself, having them and enjoying them, well, first of all, that's a whole experience. Do I want to miss out on the joy of having the flowers? And then I also see the fact that they're going to die and that I'm going to get rid of them as a practice and a rehearsal in a small thing that doesn't hurt quite as badly of loving and appreciating something and then letting it go. One of the things I really have an appreciation for is good jewelry. I like to accessorize. I've had super favorite earrings along the way and as has, as happens, you know, I've lost one of the set in a favorite pair of earrings. And you know, my earrings mean a lot to me. I spent a lot of time creating a good earring collection. And so it feels really sad. And sometimes, you know, I used to get really wound up and then I realize if the earring is meant to be found, it will arrive back into my space. And if it's not, then I've had an opportunity to experience and practice non-attachment of loving it and letting it go. I've had times when my favorite clothes went into the washing machine and the bleach didn't flush out from the previous load. And I pulled out a load of some of my favorite clothes all now with bleach stains all over them. And nothing you can really do, you can't reverse it. And again, you know, one or two pieces I could salvage and use, you know, for something other than that, but everything else I had to let go. And I had to let go of how I wore these clothes, having most of these clothes. And again, I'm sad. And it's also my opportunity to practice non-attachment, loving it and letting it go around something that's smaller. Because life is going to give me big things. Life is going to give me big things I have to let go of. I'm going to have to get let go perhaps of a really important relationship. I might have to let go of my children's childhood. Eventually they're going to grow up and they're no longer going to be children and I'm going to let go of their childhood, which I'm just about at. I might get a great professional opportunity, which I had over the course of the last like year and a half. I had this really fabulous job opportunity or consulting opportunity that I loved and I really didn't want it to end. And I was so, so, so sad. And it came to an end. 
Some friends of mine are going through divorce. Letting go of a house can be a really big thing. And finding our way through when a loved one dies. But those are big things. So the more we practice with the smaller stuff, the more rehearsal there is for bigger stuff of loving people, loving relationships, loving things. And then when it's time for them to go, being able to allow that to happen. The same is true, for example, when we make plans. You know, I am, you know, like the a lot of people and I can make a lot of plans for something. Maybe I'll plan a great day with my daughters or I'll make plans for a vacation or things like that. And I might lay out lots of details or have lots of things in place. And then stuff happens, right? I, a flight gets messed up and we're not getting to where we thought we were going to go on the right time and we're going to miss something. Or we get someplace and discover the place we were going to stay didn't work out and the place we have to stay is much further away and is going to change everything. If we don't practice non-attachment of being able to make plans but hold them lightly enough to adapt easily to the change, then what we do is we create a lot of anxiety for ourselves. We create a lot of stress. We get angry. We get angry with the outer world, with the clerk at the hotel, with you know the airline people. And we spend our time in anger and frustration, eliminating the potential for whatever joy could come. And we haven't really practiced non-attachment. And so how do we do this? I mean, how do you allow yourself to care so deeply, plan something so meticulously, get so excited, love somebody or something so dearly, and then just let it go? And the only thing I can really say here is that it's practice. It's a willingness to embrace the very challenging notion of impermanence, that nothing is meant to last forever. Um, it's just not how our universe works. And that instead of being shocked and, you know, knocked down by every time that it is inevitably going to happen, that you're going to accept all the opportunities for practicing the letting go that you can along the way. The other argument for practicing non-attachment, I believe, and this comes from Deborah Adele, says, Non-attachment does not mean not caring, but rather it frees us up to be fully present. And I added to that and immersed in the appreciation of the moment, per person, and experience that is right in front of us. Think about it. If you've made a plan and you're with your family on a vacation and the plan starts to fall through and now you get aggravated and you spend hours arguing with people and you try to restore everything back to as close as the plan as you could, but you've lost a day, everybody's been upset, you're angry, everybody else is frustrated. What ultimately we did is we were not free. We were actually imprisoned by the plan itself. But the willingness to let it go has the potential to free us up that we make a new plan, we see a new opportunity, and we can still be fully present with the people who we brought on vacation to the environment, the beautiful space we might be in to enjoy the vacation. And so this letting go frees up space, frees up emotional energy, mental energy, to allow us to be fully present, to allow us to be appreciative, to allow us to be in awe and wonder and enjoyment that we can't have if we're imprisoned by attachment. So my invitation this week, as we're closing off our look at a parigraha this month, 
is to think about ways that you can practice. Your life might be presenting you with some pretty big opportunities to practice letting go and practice non-attachment. I certainly know of people in my world for whom that is true, and I'm guessing it's true for many others. Letting go of a relationship, letting go of a resentment perhaps, letting go of something precious that might be a possession, letting go of you know, just an idea even that you care about, but letting it go free and say, it served me well for a period of time, or this relationship served me well for a period of time, or I had this family heirloom for a period of time, but now it's no longer mine to keep. And find ways to practice, big ways and little ways, little things we can let go of too. And then the other invitation is the invitation to think about letting go of our need for control, letting go of our expectations, letting go of perhaps one of those deep emotions that we've been holding on to. And so there's things and places and people and relationship, and then there's this other space that's in more of the emotional space. But I just want to leave, you know, end this with the consideration of what would happen if we allowed ourselves to have expectations about something and then completely relinquished them the moment that we began to engage? So what if I had all the expectations in the world of, you know, a night out that I planned or a weekend getaway, but then as soon as I got on my way, I let go of all of them and just allowed the unfolding to happen. Imagining the kind of freedom that that would create. So here, this is the invitation. Can you practice or experiment with letting go, whether it be for an hour a day, over the course of a particular event, some period of time. And just see what the experience is like, see what it feels like to practice, see how this muscle can get stronger. Because as it gets stronger, it makes us better able to navigate the inevitable changes and forced letting goes that life is going to present us with again and again. And if you liked this episode, you felt there was something important in it for others to hear, please share. I've been hearing so many great examples of people who are sharing it with friends in the workplace, at home, with relatives, and love spreading the word here and offering the wisdom of the yamas and the niyamas out to your communities. So go ahead and do that. I also love this last week, got a few really wonderful emails um, in response to the podcast. So if it touches you in a particular way, feel free to reach out and email me. And as we return in the month of July, we are going to be moving into the niyamas, the second half or the second five of these principles. And as the yamas really described restraints, things to kind of stop doing or withhold or, you know, kind of affecting our behavior, the niyamas are observances, things we can bring into our lives, ways that we can, you know, show up toward it. And I love the energy. I'm very ready to move from the restraining energy into the observing and creation energy that the niyamas will bring along with it. So keep listening, keep joining, keep spreading the word. And I'll be back in two weeks in the second week of July with the first of the Niyamas.